developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Welcome, listeners, to The Extra Inch. My name's Windy, and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend, Bardi. Hello, Bardi. Hello, Windy. And our tactics guy, and a man who, as of today, Monday the 19th of April hmm. 2021, supports the football club Tottenham Hotspur, who are in the Premier League in England. Nathan A. Clark. Hello, Nathan. Coys. Fully coys, as ever. Um, boys, this should be this should be a celebratory episode for Nathan and I. Finally, the man who has brought misery upon us for... At least a year, longer in Nathan's case, has gone. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Uh, I don't feel celebratory. I feel I feel very mixed about my football club today, uh, buddy. Right, come on, man, don't feel mixed. Enjoy it. Well, let's take away the European Super League stuff, but enjoy the fact that he's gone. He's done. It's over. So um, the nightmare and the stress and the problems that Joe's... I mean, even I'm happy because I'm fed up with talking about him. (laughs) He's gone. And we have um, clear air around us again and a little bit of a... You can almost smell spring and summer. So it's, you know, it's put a little bounce in our steps. I I can't believe you. I can't believe you can just ignore the spectre of the European Super League and just get on with your Spurs supporting life as if nothing's happened. Let's deal with let's deal with one devil at a time, yeah. Let's so let's let's focus on let's focus on Jose. I'm sure um, I'm sure you spoke at length about the European Super League with with the trust. We did. So so Nathan and I have just recorded with Cat Law and Martin Cloak from the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust who who do amazing work. Um I'm going to renew my membership. I, I don't know why I let it lapse. I've always been an associate member. I did previously pay subs. I must do that. And I think we're going to make them a donation too because, man, they yeah. need the support right now because they're about to go into an almighty battle. Um, Nathan, before I ask you how you feel, I just want to tell a story about something that happened last week. So last week on the podcast, I congratulated Gianni and Sarah on their engagement. Do you remember? Uh, I was very pleased about our ex-sub Gianni, who, who got engaged to his partner Rachel. <laughs> uh, and I think got a message from Gianni, which said, "Thanks for the shout out and the engagement. Hopefully, my girlfriend Rachel will not mind that you said Sarah, my ex. Of no. all the names I could have said, I said the name of his ex-girlfriend." Perfect. Uh, but Rachel was obviously an absolute legend and took it very well. And we we had a bit of a, a bit of a laugh about it. I'm so sorry, Gianni. I didn't mean to do that. It sounded like I made it sound like you'd you'd like accidentally told me the wrong name. So um, I'm, I, I might have got you into trouble there. Uh, but you didn't do that. I checked back over the message. There was no like I got Sarah from nowhere. Sarah is the name of my sister. 
Um, so maybe I was like messaging my sister or something. I don't know. I don't know how this happened. I apologise and congratulations to Gianni and Rachel. On with the show. Nathan, um, in fact, shall I, shall I explain how I'm feeling? And then um, I'll ask you how you're feeling. I think you're further along the process than I am. So when I woke up and read the news about Spurs, my initial thought was, <laughs> do I support Tottenham Hotspur anymore? And I, and I mean that, like, that seems massively extreme. It's ridiculous. And obviously you can't turn your love for a football club off with a tap. It's not possible after 30 plus years of committed fandom to do that. But I was so appalled by this move and also concerned whether whether we even had a Premier League club still to support after this. So I sort of had, I had some doubts. I, I don't think I can ever turn off my love for Tottenham Hotspur. But already I know where I am in terms of my feelings for the ownership. So I've been working today. I've, I've been in meetings back to back pretty much all day. I've barely had a moment to think. In that thinking time, I've, I've realised I'm absolutely done with Enoch and Daniel Levy and I want them out of the football club as soon as possible. Go, get out. You don't represent us. You don't represent our football club. You're, you represent yourself and your investment company. And never more has a decision you've made shown this. This is absolutely crystal clear now and i sort of feel like i've been a fool in the past for for sort of assuming that decisions made in the best interests of enoch might also happen to be in the best interests of spurs that that's coincidental as it turns out completely coincidental they're in the best interests of enoch and that is it um i i do feel as though a compromise might be reached yeah i feel as though there might be a middle ground here Maybe, maybe UEFA and and all twenty Premier League clubs can come to some sort of arrangement, or maybe the European Super League happens, but some of the terms are shifted. But that doesn't it doesn't mitigate for the fact that this has happened, and in such a sort of clandestine way. And I feel, as a supporter, even more detached than I have for the for the past year that I have been detached with Jose Mourinho at the helm and not being able to attend matches and not seeing any fans attend matches. I, I feel so distant from the powers that be at the club and the direction of travel that they want to move in. I, I feel like this is the FIFAization of of Premier League football. It feels like a game now. It's no longer a sport. It's and I said this on the trust on the trust podcast. It feels like entertainment. It feels like sports entertainment. It's it's WWE for football. And I don't know. I honestly don't know if I'll ever feel the same way I did before Monday, the nineteenth of April, twenty twenty one. Nathan, how are you feeling? <laughs> I I I very much sympathise with with that position. Uh, there are sort of yeah a lot of things up in the air. I think that yeah you you. At the moment, everything is so up in the air that it's like I definitely won't rule out the possibility that like um, compromise is made and then the ESL idea sort of dies away at least for a couple of years. Um, I don't know. I, I still think like what happens, <laughs> what happens uh, this morning matters, and I and I can find some separation. The thing, like the ESL stuff, is like it's so like wacky. It's so absurd that it's essentially surreal, and it doesn't feel as real as. The manager's been sacked, an experience that we've had before, right? Um, so that that relief that you've been waiting for for a long time, that joy, I am feeling that. I am in touch with that. I have had that today. Um, I understand you, I do think it's it's undermined by the the Super League nonsense. Um, but I I'm there. I'm there, and I I am feeling that relief. I really am. 
Uh, I don't know. I, I'm <laughs> welcome back to any new listeners who haven't listened <laughs> for, for you know for six months plus. Um, I for that reason and more, like I I don't want to be like I don't want to do the the six month Nathan was right tour <laughs> right because that who needs that? Uh, certainly, I don't need that. Maybe maybe there's a handful of listeners who would enjoy that, but you know, I, there's no point. In, there's an extent to which like next season, assuming there is a fucking <laughs> next Premier League season, next season like we're gonna have either a similar or dissimilar squad, and we're gonna have either a better or a worse manager, and the point of comparison will be inescapable briefly. But while we can, we let's talk about it now. I I don't want to do like a three part video series on why <laughs> why <laughs> why Mourinho is bad because it's just unnecessary. It's, it's gone. There's a weight off our chest, and he's still to me associated first and foremost with Chelsea not Tottenham and um, I really dislike him on a personal level and I don't have to worry about that anymore um, and, and I can be excited. No, like Don't get me wrong, there are <laughs> worse managers out there still just about than Jose Mourinho that we could hire in his wake. Um, so there, it's up in the air in that regard. There's, there's, there's potential for this to be a bad thing. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited about my football club. I'm excited about it being excited about my football club about seasons to come um and yes there's it's twisted and marred by um the nonsense um but i feel that relief i i'm free i'm free of jose Mourinho. the thing i mean your smile is winning me round your smile <laughs> is 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 making me sort of want to partake a little bit maybe i'll just have one drink maybe i'll <laughs> maybe i'll maybe i'll have another half you know i'm, I'm getting tempted uh the other thing that's that's winning me round and making me want to put the ESL stuff to one side. God, I'm saying ESL already as if that's the most natural thing. Hmm. Ugh. Um, so put the money league stuff to one side and um, and just enjoy it. Is the appointment of Ryan Mason, who is going to lead the team at the cup final. Hell yeah. Ryan Mason, a man who was at the club throughout his childhood, who I saw... I stood alongside bankrupt Spurs and watched Ryan Mason play many times the under-18s at Spurs Lodge and then at Hotspur Way. A man who was so prolific for our under-18s that I was genuinely really excited about this kid, Ryan Mason. A man who I then gave up on because ultimately it looked like he didn't have a Spurs career. He, He had a bunch of pretty much failed loans and it looked like he was going to be released. And then a man who reinvented himself as a central midfielder and became a Premier League central midfielder for Spurs for a number of seasons and stood up to the Kabul Cabal, as it's Mm. now become known in Pochettino's first season. This is exciting and like it's really hard not to get excited about that. He's such a nice person. He's really wholesome. He had a terrible injury and it kind of made us love him even more. Uh, Bardi, will Ryan Mason, at least briefly, unite our fan base? Yeah, I suppose <laughs> he will. <laughs> is that it? Is that what you can he muster? Will. I mean, I'm I'm not sure about the the smartness in appointing Ryan Mason. I'm, you know, I I echo everything you said. He's a he's a great guy and he's done some great things as a as a football. Well, he's done some decent things as a footballer, but <laughs> I don't I don't know if he's the guy you turn to to um to reunite us and put trust back in the players. But I, I just want to touch on something, Wendy. You were talking about our club just not existing anymore. You know, you talk about Tottenham Hotspur here. One of the one of the devils of football. We've always been at the heart of any skullduggery you know we like were the first team in 83 to go private 
you know, we went, listed ourselves on the stock exchange before any other football did, any other football club did that. And we made ourselves the kind of the first team to think of football as big business. We, I don't know if we were the first, but we stopped calling our, stopped calling ourselves members and we became client reference numbers. Um, if you, if you go and read the, the great book, the, the club, how the Premier League became the wildest, richest, most disruptive force in sports by Joshua Robinson and, and Jonathan Clegg, you, you'll find how involved Alan Sugar was at the table and the discussions that went on to, to form this breakaway league, which is kind of echoing what we see now. So Tottenham Hotspur have always been the devil. And yeah, I'm not surprised by this. And I'm not surprised that a man like Levy has taken this opportunity to, to latch on to what he sees as, as, as a money train. And you can see why he's done this, because he thinks otherwise Tottenham could get cast adrift. And we're a bit like um, Billy Zane in the Titanic. He's on this boat, they hit the iceberg and it's going down. And the only way he can save himself is by dressing up like a woman and getting in a, getting in a lifeboat and go, joining the other bad people. And those not fortunate enough to have access to the life the lifeboats and that's kind of what we've done here Tottenham have saved themselves for what of a better word by getting in bed with some bad bad football teams and um I think Tottenham should have a long hard look at themselves and see who stands on the other side of the line and it's funny that PSG are there but I think that's probably down in part to the fact that they're still in the Champions League but um they should look at a team like Bayern Munich who don't want anything to do with it and perhaps ponder standing alongside them but Levy's always made decisions based on money and that's that's the reason why we're in this thing now but yeah Ryan Mason is Ryan Mason's lovely and I'm glad he's <laughs> going to lead us out that's such a story <laughs> uh, Snoopfish Nathan says should we be worried that Mason likes to rock a gilet <laughs> no no I, I refuse to say that, that, that uh, beyond the gilet there are any shared characteristics with Tim Sherwood he just he just seems like a really nice guy he does Sherwood. he really does Sherwood is um, so full of himself and Mason's really not he's just he's just not um, I mean look Ryan Mason is is not some master tactician who's going to orchestrate a tactical one-upmanship game over Man City that's not going to happen but what he might do is is bring a smile back to the face of the players to reinstall Gareth Bale and, and Delhi in the team. And you never know. You never know. Imagine if imagine if Ryan Mason led us to Cup Glory. <laughs> that Jesus. would be amazing. It would be it would be amazing. And it would be it would be the finish to the season that none of us would have foreseen. We all we all thought there was a well, I thought anyway, there might be a chance of us winning something this year. And it, it's quite incredible to think that might be of Ryan Mason in charge. I'm gonna if, be so excited for this game. I'm gonna be genuinely really emotional about this game, whereas before I was not at all. I still think our chances are incredibly slim. Um but but the the upside is just so in- enormous now. It it would it would be be absolute scenes. Yeah, no, I I I completely share your excitement. If 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 our version of Tottenham Hotspur as it currently is ceases to exist after this season, then um, then, then this, this would it. be a hell of a way to go out. This is it. Yeah, this is the 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 finale. <laughs> MB14 says, "How do you realistically see Mason lining us up for Southampton and City? Who comes back into the fold?" Bardi, I've mentioned already that he might just reinstall Delhi and Bale. Is that realistic? I think it will be very much. He'll take Jose's team and just and just return just return back to basics. Um, I think we'll probably see Winks coming. I think we'll probably see a midfield trio of Winks, uh, Hjoiberg and Endombele, and then we'll see um, a front three of of Delhi, Sun, and Kane. I don't think I don't think Bale starts. I think he's he's definitely going to do the PR thing. He's going to put all our favourites in there. So at least 
at least he wins us. He wins the crowd over that way. I mean, I I don't think we should judge Ryan Mason if he wins this game. I don't think he should automatically be given a contract. I think we have to. Think oh my god, no! But, okay, I'm just checking we're all. Oh all my on god, board. no, 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 okay. no, 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 no! This is a uh, this is a uh, a one or two games, or maybe a push the end of the season thing only. I think he's unless we get absolutely destroyed by Southampton and City. I think he's got it to the end of the season, and then and then we need to be smart, and then we need to think about what we're going to do and where we want to go, and who who wants to come manage us in the Championship or whatever league they they drop us down into. So briefly back to Mourinho. Uh, let's delight in this some more. Um, <laughs> Shield Simon says, "What do you think was the final straw? Was it results?" Simon suggests that it might have been season ticket sales that played a part. Do you think that might be true, Nathan? It's an odd one. So the reports coming out are that it was a decision made on Friday evening after the Everton game. And I don't know why that is the final straw. I don't know if it's like uh, the only explanation because it's like that was okay. <laughs> like it was, it was, you know, one of our slightly less bad recent games, you know? Um, the only explanation would be that like we failed to bounce back after the United game ahead of the cup final, but it's a strange one. I mean, it, it was, it was a bad game because it was, there was no control. It was just back and forth. Same as the other Everton game. It was whatever. We seem to be trying out a formation ahead of the cup final. And I think that, I mean, if you play back and forth football with City, I don't know, it's it's a rolling of the dice. But it is it is, it is weird timing, um, especially with the, the Super League news. And so there's, there's crap going around. The, the idea that Jose Mourinho is some kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> renegade anti-Super League <laughs> character is um, uh, I'm, <laughs> I really don't know where to begin with like addressing that as a, as a notion um, but it's obviously not that um, I don't know it, it, I was waiting I was waiting for the end of the season because I thought it was I, I said on the previous episode I think that I think it was like a matter of like or at least until we can't mathematically qualify for Champions League football um, I guess that's the other thing is that <laughs> if we're no longer a part of the UEFA that's, we, that's the conversation that I had with my dad earlier that it doesn't matter now what happens between now and the end of the season in the yeah. league because we wouldn't be allowed to compete in the Europa League anyway Maybe we feel we can just afford to pay him out of whatever contract because we're going to be raking in the billions in the near future. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The, the idea that it was the Everton game was like the straw that broke the camel's back is a little silly. But I like with Pochettino, the feeling was that like it was a decision made weeks ago and it was about waiting for the replacement. I don't know if Mason had been dragging his feet and wasn't sure and, and didn't want several games and only wanted the cup final or whatever else. Um, but you, this was clearly coming for a while. It's it's just weird that now is the time that the the button is pushed. I think there's probably a part of this is if um if we didn't sack him now and then we went into the cup final and we won it, all of a sudden then you've got to sack your most successful manager in terms of cups in 2000 since 2008 whenever we won it. Um, so I think that maybe had a part to play in it, but it's very difficult to try and understand what our chairman does and why he does those things. I, I agree with Nathan. I don't think it was the Everton result. I don't think it was anything in that Everton performance that we hadn't seen already this season that was just like, oh my God, this is this is the end of the road. I just think um, there must have been a point reached with the players, the coaching staff and the chairman. And they were like, let's just do it now before the, before the final. Otherwise, any hope we have of winning the fight, we have a better chance of winning that final with a unified squad than we will a split group. So I guess that was probably the decision. 100%. Um, I, I didn't like the Everton performance, unsurprisingly. I, I, you know, 
And let's remember, this is Everton without Dominic Calvert-Lewin and without Abdoulaye Decoré in midfield. This is not a strong Everton team we were playing. And yet, we never, ever exerted any sort of sense of control, despite playing two defensive-minded midfielders and the back three. Well, I'm going to say back five. It was a back five, basically. Uh, <laughs> Seven I, dedicated defenders and, right. and no defending to be seen. And And... JM, the man we never need to speak of again, says <laughs> that this was essentially the idea was that it would free up our attacking players. It would free yeah. them of their defensive responsibilities. Well, where was all the attacking then? If that was the case, it was a strange match. Uh, I'm not saying that the players had quit had quit on him because I don't think that's it's as simple as that. I think players are lacking in motivation for a whole variety of reasons. Um, but it's true to say that a lot of players have been and did underperform in that match against Everton and the and the tactics were lacking. Uh is there anything else you want to say about the Everton game, Bardi? Um for those of you that have been following my travails and trying to find a house, I exchanged contracts on Friday, so I took advantage of the government relaxing the law and I went out and missed the game because I was drinking beer with my friends celebrating the fact that I would no longer be homeless at the end of this week. So I haven't seen anything other than the highlights and in those highlights I saw the gaps behind Dyer again. I saw Sissoko not covering and I saw everything that we've already been seeing. So Kane scored some good goals. I hope his foot's all right, but I don't think we didn't learn anything from that game. I don't think it's it's going to go down in the book or it's going to be marked in Jose Mourinho's biography of the, the game that got him fired. Buddy, Ankila says, I need a hill. Can you suggest one? <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about this, but there's there's no there's no kind of controversial hills left that there is. Can you even... can cut, you can come out as pro Super League. You can be the the, the, the Super League <laughs> voice, the no, biggest I... hill there ever was, the loneliest no, hill. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not like that that other guy who's who's who exists in Tottenham Twitter. Who's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be that guy that supports the Super League. <laughs> um, oh my I'm, god! I'm, I'm, is I'm is there gonna, someone? Is there someone? There is, of course. There's always some. Someone will always take the contrary view to try and to try and get hits, which they they never do but um i don't know i'm going to enjoy wandering the flats and just thinking about it and then i'll see who we appoint and then i'll see whether or not i'm willing to to throw my reputation on that manager succeeding or maybe i'll just let you two go up a hill for once and then i'll just take pot, mm. shot, pot shots at you from the bottom so i know i'm telling you and killer can rest relax enjoy enjoy the spring summer the weather's turning don't worry about it for now it's all it's all going to be okay <laughs> there will be hills eventually <laughs> there's always there's always a hill because what am i going to put my heel on like where, which hill Lloris is, is finished uh, he's doing alright Dyer's dead as a footballer that's, that's not even a hill there's no point I know I suppose I could go after Endombele but I, I, I still kind of like him I still I still think with the right manager we might get a proper player out of him so I'll wait and see there's the, yeah exactly as Nathan said there's plenty of hills coming uh, you mentioned Kane and his ankle mm. <sighs> that was a tough one to take um very sort of innocuous moment where Richarlison just sort of fell on Kane's ankle. Uh, he limps off, obviously shaking his head, but then he's not in a protective boot or on crutches post-match. So everyone kind of goes, maybe, maybe he'll be okay. But Nathan, is that the right mindset for us to take going into the Southampton game in cup final? Uh, no, no, of course not. But that's what we'll, that's that's how it will be anyway. Um, I don't know. I, I, I am, he was walking, so... It's probably only a few weeks, but we don't have a few weeks, so I imagine he will take injections, play the cup final, and then after... Okay, that's kind of silly, but okay, there's potential there for, for glory. After that, he should then rest the season out, but 
that this is where the real problem is is that he will probably then not do that because he played the cup final therefore he he's fine to play the rest so ha ah, you know it's one of them hopefully he gets some rest over the summer yeah hopefully <laughs> england england get knocked out of euro 2020 pretty early and he can he can rest up yeah yeah sweet <laughs> i mean this is this is the vicious cycle beginning again isn't it you know harry yeah. kane gets an injury is is rushed into coming back too soon damages himself further doesn't get any rest at home yeah i i really I would love the club to be very cautious with Kane this time around and just see if he's able, like if he's not able to play in the cup final without injections, just let him not play the cup final. That's fine with me. Protect him at all costs. Unless we're going to sell him, in which case, play him in the cup final, let him make his ankle worse. He's injured, too injured to make any move in the summer. And then uh, we've got him for another year. Sounds like a hill, Windy. Sounds like a good one. Yeah. You want to join me? Yeah, let's 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 thrash the living crap out of Kane <laughs> so no one will buy him. <laughs> As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We've got so much to talk about. Um, so many sort of lingering questions we had a whole segment about Kane planned before today's news we've got new managers speculation to get through um people want to know if we like this manager or that manager or the other manager Mm. but it doesn't feel like the right time to do that right now it feels like it feels like we should be just watching how the next week goes and trying to enjoy it uh, before we do a deep dive after the cup final once effectively the season's over. And maybe by that point we'll know a bit more about what's happening with this um, money league. You wanted to do a Q&A on Friday. Last Friday you were like, let's, let's do a Q&A before the Everton game. I said, no, next Monday's pod can be so quiet. We'll just do a bunch of questions then. <laughs> it's, it's so, I don't really know where to begin. And all of the small issues just like seem so irrelevant and and not even worth thinking about because you just don't know what football's going to be like tomorrow 
Yeah, exactly. Before before we sign off, let's just do some wild speculation about this money league. <laughs> I'd love to. Uh, because <laughs> this is like, this is where my mind's been going. So so let's say it gets the go-ahead and Spurs participate in in this league and get all this money. Bardi, how, how does Spurs then manage the Premier League? Does the Premier League become essentially a reserve league for Spurs? Or... Do they use the money that they'll make, the vast millions that they'll make in the money league, and essentially build two separate teams, one for each competition, and attempt to compete on two fronts? Like a Tottenham A and Tottenham B. That's yeah. um, that's pretty wild, Windy. I don't think I don't think that will happen. Um, I, th- I think I think the money league will, will just it will it will just become the norm. It will just become European football. I don't think I don't think local divisions around the world can afford just to ignore these can afford to ignore Tottenham, Man City, Chelsea. And I don't think the Serie A can afford to just ignore the top teams. I think they will have to just accept the fact that these teams. But it's like at the moment anyway. See, it's very difficult to theorise on the spot. But it's, at the moment anyway, teams prioritise the Champions League. And they, these 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 conglomerates, they have two teams that basically can take on both both competitions. And I think that's just what will be the same. Their money league will just become the Champions League. And that's, that's just how we'll get used to it and just how we'll think of things going forward. There'll be a whole new rebranding and everything else. And we'll just accept it. They'll lose. They'll lose some fans. They'll lose um, a few million fans here and there. But when it comes to like a, a billion person audience around the world, it's, it's small fry, man. They don't. They don't care. They really don't give a shit about Burnley against Fulham. People want to see. People continue. They want to see uh, Bayern against PSG. They want to see Mbappe versus Lewandowski. So, um, but but it would just be the Champions League. Do you not think they want to see Bayern against PSG now because they so rarely get to see Bayern against PSG? If they're getting to see Bayern against PSG two, three, four, five, six times mm. a season, it's gonna lose its it's gonna lose its romance, isn't it? And of it's course, and, and then but... it's like it doesn't ever change. That's it for life now. They're the they're the founding members, they're gonna to continue to play each other every year forever. But what you'll get is the best players in the world won't be scattered and it will be I'm not saying this is this is just how it will be. The best players in the world won't get they'll be focused. So you'll see the greatest players playing against each other all the time and it will be like FIFA, but that's that's how that's how things have been conditioned now. In America they play basketball, they play against each other how many times? And and interest doesn't wane. It's just people will remain interested in this as long as the best players are there and to keep the best players all in one place, they will they will do these deals with Disney or whoever else wants to show the rights for the game. It's it's an awful state of affairs, but this isn't this isn't new, man. Football been football big clubs in football have been eating little clubs for 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 decades now. And this is just this is just the next generation. We we went from a first division to Premier League. We went from a Champions League, a European Cup that just had the winners in, winners of each division. So I think what was one of the turning points was back when Maradona won the the Scudetto in Napoli and the first round they got Real Madrid and Real Madrid knocked Napoli out and then all of a sudden you had holy shit we got like the best player in the world and he's no longer in this competition so they had to rethink how can we keep these best players in the competition as long as possible and they switched the Champions League to it, the format that it is now and then even made it even bigger by adding more teams and this is just the next iOS this is the next operating system man and we'll we'll be upset and it will lose fans, but it will gain even more fans. And it's a horrible way, but it's just this is just life now, man. We've been through all this crap, Brexit, coronavirus, and things are getting better. So we just got to try. I always say, just try and find a little bit of joy where it is. And if it, if we end up having, if we end up going, if I end up supporting Barnet because of this, then so be it. But 
Uh, sorry, that's kind of low. I don't normally go kind of sad, but yeah. We've been eaten, Wendy. We're maggots and we're on a hook and we've been chucked in the river and we're going to get eaten. I, I mean, I sort of, I'm sort of on board with your logic up to a point and then I think it just mm. completely falls down. So, <laughs> so because, so right, UEFA have already said teams mm. that do this aren't participating in our competitions. Now, whether they turn, whether they back down on that, I don't know. I don't know if there might be some compromise found. But what we know is that Tottenham aren't going to want to co- compete in, or these these clubs aren't going to want to compete in the Money League and the Champions League because three games a week is completely unsustainable and, and how they work in terms of when they show them. Hmm. So essentially, it means in the Premier League, these clubs are competing to win the Premier League and nothing else because there's no benefit to them finishing the Champions League places because they're not going to be in Champions League. So the riches aren't there, aren't up for grabs. You just get the extra million for finishing a place higher or whatever, which devalues the Premier League as a competition, means that teams are less likely to bother attempting to do anything in it because only one club can win it a year anyway. What's the point? They'd rather really try and win this money league where the riches are more extreme for for winning it. Um, and, And I think that inevitably leads to these clubs leaving the Premier League, either through relegation or being thrown out for disrepute or or, or quitting, or quitting. I, I can't see how this is a sustainable proposition. I think I can get on board with the idea that maybe we negotiate for a few years and it gets kicked into the long grass and everyone goes, yeah, that was a bad idea, wasn't it? But it'll come back. The idea comes back. So this has to be a complete... This has to be regulated. This We need... We need government regulation here. We need football to, to change fundamentally and for protections a, to be put in. That's a big ask. That's a big ask. Um, I just, I think what will probably happen, the Champions League will continue, Europa League will disappear, Champions League will just become Europa League and people will just get on with it and people, if people just, it would just develop. It's like European, the Cup Winners' Cup went away because people just didn't, didn't take it serious and where the interest is, they will always try and just stack the chips there where it, where, where the, where the money is and where the clubs want to challenge and the Premier League will, the Premier League will die away but then, yeah, Premier League will become like the Championship now. Everything just moves on a step and those clubs right down the bottom will just eventually start disappearing. We're already seeing clubs disappearing and that will just that would just continue to happen at a faster rate Nathan anything to add <laughs> I don't know I'm just I'm so lost I'm so lost about what happens next and where we go there's there's like I, I could have takes about various directions but I don't know which which direction oh, it's so is speculative mm. yeah I mean, I, I mean and I also don't want to retread the, the grounds of the podcast that we just recorded too much so um I don't know. I, I think I think we will be back on these mics pretty soon. Um, we as 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 the news breaks, basically. Mm. Yeah, I think um, when I woke up this morning and read it, I was done with Spurs, and I was thinking, God, who do I support next? Kind of thing. You know, lit- that literally that thought went into my yeah, mind. No, I, I it's, it's 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 a mad thing to think, but who do I support next? Enter my mind. That's never happened before. Um, now I'm just done with the ownership, and I want them gone as soon as possible. Maybe, maybe if this happens and they sell and they're gone, <laughs> the, the, the new buyers would just do exactly the same that Leeds. Maybe done. worse. Maybe worse. Exactly. There, there is. There, you're either in or you're dead. Basically, Tottenham had to sign this thing because they can't. They can't risk not being part of it. They can't. They can't stand there and protest against it. They should. Of course, they should ethically. But Daniel Levy's never done anything ethically. Who, well, probably a bit harsh on him. Maybe he has, but he had <laughs> he, he to recycles. Start... He recycles uh, all his all his cans and bottles. 
Yeah, he had to um he had to sign Stadiums. the contract window. He had to sign it. If he it would have been um, I don't know that he did. It, I feel like it would we're have been one negligent of negligent not to. I think we're one of the only clubs that didn't need to. Uh yeah, we no, we we had we had to sign it because if we're already behind now because of choices made in the boardroom about managers and everything else, we had to sign it. Arsenal had to sign it. Liverpool had to sign it. The Liverpool broke. Perhaps uh, Man City could have stood away from it, but then Man City, you know, you know what kind of club they are. We had to be with these teams, and it's really sad and it's awful. But yeah, as I said, we we just jumped on the lifeboat with whoever we could. Do you know what? More more than anything, my thoughts and prayers are with the trophy nonces who want nothing other than winning trophies because trophies are meaningless now. Trophies mean absolutely fuck all in this current climate. With this, they're not they're nothing. It's it's irrelevant. It's you're buying trophies. There's no sport. There's not. There's nothing anymore. We're not competing for trophies. We are. We're performing on a stage, and one of the performers will be picked out of the hat at random and get a trophy. You know, this isn't. This isn't a sport. Hope we get Nagelsmann. You've been listening to the Extra Inch. Thanks to Nathan A. Clark for production. Thanks to Bardi for being Italian. Thanks to Adam Gardner for the artwork. Thanks to David Lindmer for our intro music. You can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and his SoundCloud D Lindmer. Do check him out, he's great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help.